welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the Independent Rangers Podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free. It's a special preview show. We are pre- previewing the the Livingston game tomorrow, the first game of the, the new season. Rangers going into as champions, uh, and we're all looking forward to that. We're all back in the ground. Well, not all of us, obviously. There's, there's about 25,000 of us getting back in. So a big, big day for the club. As I say to you every week, guys, if you enjoy what you see here at Jersnet, then give us a wee follow on the social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're live tonight. It's a Friday night. Uh, we're, as I say, we're previewing the game tomorrow. But the, the pod will be available to stream and download on a variety of platforms from tomorrow uh, on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Snatcher, all those usual places, Spotify, all that kind of thing. So straight on to uh, my guest introductions. We're a wee bit late tonight. I have to hold my hands up. Uh, it's all down to me. I've made an arse of it again in, in typical fashion. Uh, I, I, Stuart knows all this because uh, I, I kind of spoke to him last week about it. Uh, I was in Dunbar last week. I went through to watch, came on my plane Dunbar through in Dunbar. So I went through there last week. Uh, had a wee bit of a disaster with the trains. We ended up, there was there was no trains between 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock. So just as we went to get the train, there was no trains. Uh, so we went for another pint or another few pints and uh, I left my sunglasses in a pub. So I had to go back today to get them. And, you know, had a few pints and I had another train situation again. So I literally got in the house yeah, about 30 minutes ago and ran up an agenda. And, you know, so it's it's very uh, seat of the pants stuff. So, Stuart, I'm sorry you've been hanging about for the last 20 minutes waiting on me, the drunken ass that I am. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm very well, actually. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I never realised that international travel was so difficult, especially, yeah. especially with, with, with your good self. But no, no, yeah. I'm, uh, all, all's good. I hope you've summered well uh, and I hope you're uh, rubbing your hands in anticipation for the new season. I am because I've, I've actually, uh, me and my boy got a ticket. We were successful in the ballot for tomorrow. So yeah, looking forward. I've not, I've not been to Ibrox for like so the Leverkusen game was the last time I was there. My son got a ticket last week thanks to uh, our fellow podder Alex Anderson. So a big thanks to Ek. So it, it was good that uh, he got. You know, he's never seen Real Madrid before. Yeah. So I, I know it was. You know, you know, Bale wasn't there and uh, Benzema and all those guys. But you know, just the name to say that you've seen Real Madrid, a pretty big thing. I had seen them so when. There was a ticket available, I gave it him. So he's been back, but I've not. And yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it. And strangely, I, I feel quite nervous about going back tomorrow. I've kind of got used to, you know, when Rangers are playing, right, I'm going to have a fight with Rangers TV today. And that's that's, that's, just, that's just how I that's how I'll watch the football. So, I'm, you know, getting up tomorrow, we're going to go through early. We're going to get a breakfast somewhere and, and make a wee day. So, like, I was coming back in the train for Dunbar. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to the game tomorrow. It, it, it feels slightly strange, I must admit. Yeah, in Alex's case, um, he was disappointed that Real Madrid didn't have Puskas or <laughs> or De Stefano. But, uh, that's, no, why, that's why he never took the ticket. That's why he never took the ticket, yeah. He doesn't like these newcomers. Yeah. But, no, um, it's... Uh, I, I'd imagine there's a bit of... Um, excitedness, maybe a bit of apprehension as well, simply because you're, you know, even though you're going back to watch the team that you support, I think anybody who ventures into the the, the great unknown again, so to speak, in terms yeah. of a, a, 
know, gathering with other people. It's quite strange during the, you know, two weeks of, of, away um, down in the south coast of England. One of the days we decided we were going to, into, uh, going to London for the day. And even though there's this sort of cranking it up and trying to get back to normal, it wasn't, it, you, you could just feel that, that people were still quite, quite wary and yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they're, they're, they're like um, in terms of a, a football context uh, now um, I think I think there'll be I, I wouldn't say there'll be standing up fights but there might be one or two people who will be maybe take exception to how people behave or or don't behave as, as the case might be and I think that's perfectly normal or reasonable in terms of there's still a bit of a fear factor out there. Yeah. You know, well, a, a couple of weeks, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I tested positive for COVID, um, having had um, both uh, Jags um, showing no symptoms whatsoever, which for me was even more worrying than trying to avoid it for 18 months. Yeah. Um, to, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and again, not the kind to jump around and go to parties and pubs and all the rest of it, far from it. But, you know, I, I think any household out there who has kids um, of school age who are attending school and, you know, dragging all sorts, um, and the way I put it, if you can if you can catch nets, um, you can yeah, catch yeah, COVID. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how people sort of take to the football again. It's interesting you say that because, like, like, like you're saying, you've um, the way you said it, you've not shown any symptoms there for COVID, mm-hmm. and like, and you're saying like kids of a school age. Well, I've got two kids of school age, and my wife's a nurse, so it feels impossible to me that COVID hasn't come into my household at, yeah, at yeah. some point. But none of us, absolutely none of us, have, have displayed any symptoms at any point. But I, I'm like. One of us, at least one of us, must have had mm-hmm. it at some point. Mm-hmm. But we've never known. No one's shown any symptoms, and and that's that. that I suppose that's just the nature of the virus. And it's funny you're saying that people taking offence because last week when I went to Dunbar, me and my mate went on the train, and you know, there's nothing on the train. Like when I got in the subway the last time I was on the subway in Glasgow, you know it was very uh, obvious there were signs: use this seat, don't use that seat. You know, so you could socially distance. But on the ScotRail trains, there's nothing. It's just basically, if the trains are busy enough, you, you need to use uh, all the seats. So me and my mate sat down, and this guy immediately got up. And mm-hmm. he was just, like, raging. You know, he, he he sort of had a go at Scott and had a go at me. And it's just like, well, what would you expect us to do, mate? It's a busy train. You know, what, what do you want us to do? And he just sort of stormed away in another car. So uh, you, you've got a point, you know. There, there is still that fear factor, and mm. it was and it was are, the driver. To be fair, he, that was the driver you were sitting next aye, to. Aye, well, there is a bit of that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what really annoyed me was we sat. You know, there was a seat between us. The guy behind them's closer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he never made a comment to him saying, "Oh, you need to sit." And it, it is. It's, it's just a really strange time, and I suppose people are going to have to. You know, the ones that still have that fear factor, the ones that are maybe a wee bit more comfortable, have to sort of give them a wee bit of space. But aye, it'll be interesting to see how it goes tomorrow. I'm interested to see the subway because just before it all kicked off, uh, going to the Leverkusen game, the subway was interesting to see the least. Loads of people covering their mouths and all that kind of stuff and putting their scarves up. So it'll be interesting to see tomorrow. But I'm sure it'll be good. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm slightly nervous, I have to be honest with you. 
uh, just about going back again, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but on to, on to the topics at hand, uh, Stuart. I thought the first thing we would talk about is uh, James Tavernier issued a statement today. There's been a wee bit of, well, it was an open letter. Uh, there's been a wee bit of stuff on social media this week about, you know, Rangers players taking the knee uh, and all that kind of thing. Now, I, had, I actually had a discussion uh, with my mate, my mate today about this, and I'll, I'll not go into it, but it, it's obviously a very sort of complex issue and you know people have different views because I, th- I think some people view you know black lives matter as this sort of far left organization and they stand for this that or the next thing however i mean my view is you know glenn kamara was 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 on the, the end of some you know horrific racial abuse and i want to stand by him and I, I don't really think it's up to us i mean i've never i mean i've suffered abuse of various sorts right but i've never suffered racial abuse and i, I don't know what that feels like and how it makes you feel and all that kind of thing. And I always feel that before you can understand how someone feels, that old phrase, you you need to walk a mile in their shoes kind of thing. And I'll never understand what Glenn Kamara felt like that night because I'll never feel how how he felt. So, I mean, my view is that, you know, if this is how he wants to stand up against the abuse that he received that night, that's kind of his choice. And if, if his teammates... And, you know, the people around them, they, they support that decision. Then again, that's up to them. Now, if, if you don't agree with that, then again, that's fine. That's up to you. If, 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 unless you're, you're, you know, a far-right racist who's disagreeing for whatever reason. But if you, if, if you view Black Lives Matter as, as this sort of far-left organisation that has ulterior motives and you disagree with that gesture, fair enough. But surely to boo it would... You know, you're, you're in. If, 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 I'm not Glenn Kamara, as I said, I've not I've not suffered racial abuse. But if I was doing some sort of gesture to let everyone know that I was standing up to something that I'd suffered, and people were were booing that, I wouldn't see that as they're booing the, the organisation. I would see that they're booing the gesture and what I'm standing up against. And it, to me, if you disagree with, it, just stay silent. Just don't mm. don't don't do anything. Uh, so how do you feel? I mean, I know it's a, it's a, it is a tricky subject, uh, but for me, it's that whole thing. If you've not got anything good to say, don't say anything at all. That's, that's probably the best bit of advice that you could have. Um, you know, I again, I get everything that you you you've said there. I think we saw it during the European Championships with the whole thing about. Um, people booing the England team and people booing national anthems. I just I just don't get that at all. I mean you know, what what purpose does it serve other other than to show your own ignorance? Um the other thing I would say is that when it when it comes to gestures and the likes, I mean I'm loath at the start of football matches where it says and we now we'll have a minute's applause for somebody who's passed away. I don't want to be applauding somebody who's yeah. passed away. I, I, I will stand in, you know, sort of dignified silence um, not with my hands not in my pockets, but the fact is I, I will stand. I, I, I won't applaud unless it's dependent on the, the, the reasons. If it's somebody who's been an entertainer, perhaps, 
then that's maybe the best way that you can signify just what you think about them. But the rest of the time, I'd much prefer just to stand silent with my own thoughts about, about that. And I think almost the the whole thing about Black Lives Matter and any, um, you know, any support or any show of support that you might have, personally, I think it comes from within and what you are happiest doing and just leave it at that. I don't think anybody should be criticised for taking the knee Equally, I don't think anybody should be, you know, abused or 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 be questioned why they're not doing it. Um, you know, go back, you go back a couple of months ago to the the situation in the Six Nations um, rugby, where you had half the England team uh, taking the knee, and then you had uh, other members of the England team not taking the knee, including a couple of guys. Who, who were black and, and, and you know, they did that because of their religion. Uh, and they, 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 would, they said they would only, only bow to God. Now, again, that's somebody else's thoughts on the matter. I'm absolutely fine with that. Again, they're doing that because it's happy. They're happy within that they are, are doing, whatever they're doing is justified, and I'm happy to leave it at that. But, I mean, the, the whole thing about jeering and booing, you know, grow up, give yourself a break, and don't make yourself look such a an idiot. I mean, I, 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 I get the point that, you know, I think it was Zaha at, at Crystal Palace that sort of said, yeah. oh, he, he's not taking any, he stands. And I get that. And, 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 I I have to admit, like, see this whole taking the knee thing. I'm like, well, it doesn't really achieve anything, right? It doesn't change anything. And I'm pretty sure Connor Goldson and a couple of other Rangers players came out and said that not so long ago, saying, you know, well, we take the knee and it doesn't actually achieve anything. We need something, you know, some materialistic change. We need things to actually change. However, if, if that's what these guys who are, are on the end of, you know, these guys that are opening up, you know, Roof opens up his uh, his Instagram, Kamara, all these guys. The minute they open their social media, it's you know, it's monkey emojis, it's banana emojis. No, I, again, going back to what I said earlier on, if this is their way of rejecting that and, and taking a stand again against it, I don't think anyone who is on the other side of the fence and who hasn't suffered such abuse is in any way in a, in a place to boo it. You can disagree with it and think, well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the organisation behind that. Uh, I don't agree with the gesture. But surely you're just like, well, this is this person's way of, you know, protesting against the sort of abuse that they're receiving. So I'll, I'll, I'll quietly respect their... And that's what Zaha does. He doesn't go... He doesn't take the knee. He just stands there. You know, he takes right. a stand. Well, no, I, 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 don't, I, I don't right. understand why people need to boo it. On a different take, though, Colin, uh, you, you would have to say it's the worst piece of marketing and branding ever. Yeah. You know that you basically take the same knee as an organisation that, that 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 wants to see um, society break down. I, I, I think you know. I, I, I think that's. Um, I think they could be doing something more on that front and and basically distancing themselves from that. And I think that would be a start. Um, that would maybe maybe assist them in some way, shape, or form. But I know I, for the life of me, I I don't know what I might say or what I might do if I was standing next to somebody who's suddenly. I, I mean, I know what I've done 
um, when it comes to national anthems and somebody jeering and booing next to me with a national anthem, and I've told them, so I imagine I might tell them the same, um, you know, to grow up a bit if it came anything to do with with with, with jeering any gestures made by uh, you know people in support of Black Lives Matter, but uh, it will be interesting to see how how fans around people who are doing that actually actually behave and what they say to them. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, th- I think it comes down to the sort of thing you were talking about earlier on, because I'm I'm like you when when there's a minute applause. I don't get involved in it. I just, I, I do the minute silence. That's kind of how it was when I was growing up in football. I think that's more respectful. I think Jimmy Bell gets a hard time because there's that image yeah. of him. You know, everyone else is applauding. It was, it was a minute applause for Tommy Burns and, and Jimmy Bell sort of standing there. And as you say, he's not standing with his hands in his pockets. He's standing with his hands in front of him looking quite remorseful. But it sort of depicted that that was him not applauding uh, uh, Tommy Burns and all that kind of thing. So yeah, it would be good. It would be good to. I just hope there's not too many or, or any boo tomorrow because I don't think it looks good in the supporters. I don't think it looks good in the club. And I think after everything that Glenn Kamara went through, uh, it's it's yeah. I don't think it's so good. But anyway, on, on to tomorrow, Stuart. Uh, first competitive game at Ibrox uh, since the Bayer Leverkusen game. As we were saying earlier on, a, a kind of a big shift back to normality, and I uh, and hopefully this this is a the building blocks for, you know, full houses uh, in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, we've had so many false starts um, along the way when, it, when it's come to um, COVID and restrictions. Um, you know, it, it only seems a matter of months ago. It's actually a year ago when, again, when I was on holiday, you know, you were... Um, you were dining out to help out, and everything yeah, seemed, you know, it seemed a, it seemed a far off land, very, you know, very distant. And and I mean, last night, um, we went out for a um, went out for a meal, and again, it's you know the the whole thing about walking into a restaurant with a mask on and then taking it off so you can eat and sitting next to you know around other people. It's almost like you you walk through some sort of magic spray or car wash, um, which douses you in something that means that anything you are yeah. carrying is, is immediately killed. Or I mean, it, it's it's such a just a strange times we live in. But we have to be thinking, um, you know, that we're getting back to some sort of normality. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, the, the, we we have to say this only applies to viewers in Scotland because if you think about English games uh, and other sporting events taking place in England, um, like the the you know the, the British Grand Prix, the golf and the likes, they seem to manage um, and they, they don't seem to be any you know of the kind of horrendous spikes that people have been predicting. So hopefully, again, not only will people enjoy the the moment of getting back to the to the football. They'll also be relatively safe in in doing so, and I think that's the biggest thing. That it, you know, small steps to start with, but that it's not going to be too long before any restrictions are lifted when it comes to spectator sports and watching football and anything else within a stadium environment. Because ultimately, I think you know there are a lot of people out there saying you know people's um, over over the last eighteen months. 
people's mental well-being hasn't been what it should. And I have to say, a chunk of that for a great many people is entirely football related. You know, how how many times do you, do you go to the football? And people have gone to football not because what they're watching on the pitch is very good, and that would apply. That would apply to Rangers fans, yeah. you know, just, just you know, as it, as it would any anyone. But you go there because you're going to see your mates. So it's or, a social aspect, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and human beings need that. Um, and and again, that side of it, I think there will be people feeling a hell of a lot better that um, you know that they're able to able to sort of walk amongst each other and, and communicate with each other um, rather than doing it through Zoom calls and the likes. It's the first game, Stuart, first game at Ibrox since 2011 where Rangers have opened the season, uh, you know, as champions. Yeah. And, and you know, Stephen Gerrard at his, his press conference today was saying, you know, that the, the players should embrace that challenge. You mm. know, it's a, it's a sort of big mentality change going from uh, the hunters to the hunted yeah. So it'll be quite interesting, I think, to see how the players deal with it because, I mean, before we won it last season, a lot of these players were sort of looked at as not mentally strong enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now they've done it, it'll be interesting to see if they're capable of retaining it. I was, th- I was thinking that to myself actually today, um, you know, sort of running through what we might be discussing. You go back 12 months again, uh, I, I go, um, and it's, it's, um, you look at the start that Rangers made to the season. Now, as as you rightly say, if if you you know if you're champions, you you have kicked off with a home game. So you, you know you're right. 2011 is a very long time ago, yeah. but last year it was um, people were concerned. There was a bit of consternation. There was a bit of upset. A bit of maybe even anger. That first game up for the season, not only Rangers are they away, they're up against Aberdeen. How does the how does the computer manage to throw that one up? You know, it's almost like um, that's that's somebody's somebody's dealt you a a, a, a poor card um, on that one. But Rangers went to Petodre and turned in a really business like performance, not just in terms of the 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 result, but also the way that they handled the game. A one nothing victory at Petodre is, you know, for 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 me, I, I always I always took it that a one nil win at Petodre was every bit as good if you'd score the if you'd score three goals or four goals because it meant you'd actually be in control and one and you know. And as Graham soon as often said, and I think Winston Churchill said it as well, one is enough. And and that was <laughs> you know, and that was that was um proof that Rangers had gone there and had got their act together almost immediately. And I think different circumstances, obviously, but I think that is the kind of level of performance that Rangers are needing tomorrow, um, in terms of we're back. It's business as usual. We are the champions. This is what we did last season, and you know, just just suck the air out of the opposition's performance. If it's if it's one nil, if it's two nil, three nil, you know, fine. You take it and move on. If it's one one, 
what do you do? You have to take that as well and say it's early in the season. These things yeah. happen. You know, I've been at Ibrox for the first game of the season. I remember Rangers losing, you know, and a costly loss, um, you know, against um, St Mirren when Kenny McDowell rattled Chris Woods. I was there that day. I was there. Yeah, we got beat so one nothing. Rangers lost one nil, and suddenly we're in need of a, a, a goalkeeper. So you know. Strange things can happen in the opening yeah. day. It's not because you get home advantage. It means the opposition are going to lie down or you're guaranteed uh, three points. So I think you have to you know, brace yourself for whatever comes. But I, I would have to think that Rangers, the players, the mentality of the players must be, we didn't want last season to end. Um, we, we lapped it up. Now we want to go and give fans a chance to see what we were we were doing on the pitch last year and listen to them and it will work one of two ways it will either scare the living daylights out of some of them there's actually people shouting at them telling them what they should be doing or it will inspire them and and, and I think that that part of it is you know probably the thing I'm looking forward to in terms of how the Rangers players handle it do they, do they go back into their shell as they were guilty of for a couple of seasons, and you would have to agree with that, and and, and say that, that that you know at times at Ibrooks, the Rangers' performance wasn't what it should have been in front of their home support, um, or are they are they going to be you know spurred on by it, and you know hopefully it's the latter. It's funny you talk about that 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 game against the Mirren. I think that was a death knell for for Lindsay Hamilton's career at Ibrooks because. Did Sunnis no run out and sign yeah. Bonnie Ginsburg right in the back of that? I think everyone thought, oh, well, this is his chance. And then I, I went to a game midweek. It was a League Cup game. Correct. Can't remind who was it. And Bonnie Ginsburg had been signed that day. And, and the story of that is that Lindsay Hamilton had got tickets for his all his oh, uh, family yeah. to to basically come and see him make his see Rangers debut. debut. And oh. got the tickets, got it all organised um, and was then introduced to... Uh, this is uh, Israeli goalkeeper Bonnie Ginsburg, who who again didn't make the most suspicious no. of starts because no. Rangers lost the following week two nothing at uh, Road. Yeah. Right. Right. So it was uh, again, uh, you know, uh, this will sound like a couple of old guys um, yeah. pontificating, <laughs> pontificating, and 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 talking about the, the, the good, good old days or bad old days, but. It, 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 is, it is only to forewarn people that what you expect, you know, you don't always get it. So get it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, I still see Rangers taking three points. I think it's got to be the level of their performance that most people are going to be looking for, especially with such a big game um, taking place again next week. In terms of the squad, we seem in fairly decent shape, Stuart. You know, uh, Gerard was again at his press conference today. It's only sort of Ryan Jack. He's obviously coming back from that that injury. Uh, I think he's a uh, two or three weeks away yet, as he has been for the last sort of year and a bit, I suppose. Uh, and and obviously Alfredo Morelos just back in the country. Uh, country, sorry, he's having to go through his sort of COVID stuff and and sort of self isolate. And when you look at the Rangers squad, you know, you know, uh, uh, even missing those two players, there was a time if you took those two players out, Rangers looked a bit threadbare. But you know, it seems we've got a, the, the squad now is so strong. Uh, and, and going into this season, it looks like we're in good shape, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you know, Morelos, um, you're absolutely right in what you're saying there. It was almost 
you know, everybody was trying to do Rangers in from the opposition teams to the SFA to, you know, you name it, even, even himself with his attitude at times. Just now, I think that Morelos will be desperate to get back on the pitch because the early indications are that uh, Fashion Sakala could certainly look like the real deal. I mean, yeah. I, I've never, I have never read much into friendly matches, be it pre-season, mid-season, you know, warm-up games for major tournaments, um, even at international level. I've never really taken to friendly matches. Great if you're going along and you want to see players that you've never seen before, or great if you're going along. I remember going to see Rangers against AC Milan, simply because the AC Milan side was packed with guys, you know, like Beckham and Ronaldinho and these kind of guys. So it was it was worth going to going to see that kind of spectacle. But performance wise, they're always a bit iffy. However, what I will say is the way Fashion Sakala took his goal was you th- I, I, I ended up thinking to myself, oh, I here's a guy runs past a defender, suddenly finds himself almost one-on-one with the goalkeeper and just smashes it past the goalkeeper. Now, yeah. how many Rangers strikers have you seen down through the years who are at their most uncomfortable, not when they're getting kicked about with a, 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 no, a centre-back, but actually when they almost go one-on-one and only have the goalkeeper to beat. How many have you seen miss great opportunities or just freeze when it comes time to putting the ball in the net? You know, you can never say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stake my house on him being in this position and scoring. You couldn't yeah. say that about Morelos. You couldn't say about uh, Chris Boyd. You couldn't say about um, Kenny Miller. You know, you couldn't see, maybe you couldn't see about Ali McCoy, but just to stop you there. But anyway, keep going. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I can, I can remember him having a few, uh, uh, missing a few as well. Every striker does it, but yeah. it was just, it was just good to see after a, a long time. He was a striker who actually, um, you know, decided this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm hitting it. This is how how hard I'm hitting it. The other thing is you see strikers calling and throwing goal and try to be too clever. I'll yeah. try and curl it. Oh, the keeper's got a hand on it. I'll try and chip it. Oh, the keeper's got a hand on it. He went for broke. He had confidence in his own ability just to pick a spot and absolutely lash that ball into the net. And I thought that was, you know, I, I thought to myself there, yep, all of a sudden you'll have other strikers. Doesn't matter whether it was Morelos, what didn't matter if it was Roof, didn't matter if it was um Itten, what sitting there watching that and think to themselves, Oh, that's this this guy's up for it. Yeah, that, that, I think Kevin Thompson said that in the commentary. It was a, a bit Chris Boyd esque, you know, head down, blazes through it, boom, the keepers the keepers not getting it. So yeah, it was a good finish. And I'm quite excited. I'm I'm looking forward uh, I'm assuming he'll, he'll play some part uh, at some point tomorrow, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. In terms of, in terms of the Livingston, uh, Stuart, uh, you know, a decent season last year under under Martindale. They kind of tailed off a wee bit towards the end. You know, he came in, he had this sort of immediate impact, uh, kind of tailed off. They've had a decent pre-season. I'm having a wee look at their pre-season here. They beat uh, Lincoln Redimps, which, you know, even the, you know... <laughs> St. Brendan couldn't even beat them. So, you know, they've beat Lincoln Redham's, uh, you know, and, and some of the friendly games have been, you know, 
they're not even friendly. Some of their pre-seasons has been the the Premiership Cup or the the Premier Sports Cup. Sorry, you know they've played Breach in hour. And, you know, they've, they've won pretty much all their games. So, and Livingston always seem to provide a decent opposition for Rangers, even at Ibrox. I remember one game at Ibrox, you know, maybe about 20 years ago, about 2002, 2003. Rangers were, I think they were 4-0 up at one point, and it, and it finished 4-3. You know what I mean? So they've always seemed to have that ability to make uh, Rangers, you know, work for the points. Are you expecting the same tomorrow? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Um they don't have the advantage that they do have when they're playing on their Axminster carpet um, yeah. at the whatever the name of the stadium is next week. Um, but you know, it's they use that to their advantage. They are, they will be well organised. They'll be difficult to break down. Um, they'll be kind of uh, to use the word stuffy. That it, it won't yeah. be pretty. They will be dangerous, however. They do have a game plan which is to frustrate, which is to get the ball, try and keep possession and when you do get the ball you know, try and hit the counter or try and keep it low enough that you can actually create um, something by it um, they, you know managerial wise, they have a guy who is um, pretty 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 well versed uh, in terms of Scottish football now I, I, I would say his performances as a coach and a manager what as good as anybody last season and what he achieved, um, you know, reaching a, a, a cup fight or you know, reaching the last stage of the, the cup tournaments. He is, he is pretty thorough in what he does. He's added to his coaching um, backroom staff. Um, they've got a, a, a good guy, not just because he's a, a pal of mine, and Doogie Emery. Um, in terms of somebody who who is a good thinker about the game and very perceptive as well, so I think the, the fact they've added to their squad on that side of the the, the sort of dressing room as well says that they're they're you know they're in for the the, the long haul. They're here not to not just to make up the numbers, but to build upon what they achieved last season, and and again. First game, first game out of the box. It'll be interesting to see how they go about their, their, their business, especially when they're stepping on a big stage again, because they'll have a number of guys in their team who haven't really experienced what it is to play in front of a big crowd, especially a potentially hostile one, um, as it might be at Ibrox tomorrow when you've got twenty five thousand, including lucky people who have got tickets. Um, um, you know, yeah, put your hand up. That's it. Uh, cheering on their team. So, you know, I, I I think if they take anything from the game, it will be a, a Brucey bonus for them, won't it? You know, they, it's not expected of them. But I think long, you know, long term and through the season, I, they don't strike me as a team who are suddenly going to fold and suddenly find themselves in the mire of relegation struggles. I think there are teams, you know, in that top fight, who I would be looking or casting an eye over and thinking to myself, you need to go off to a decent start or else you could be in a bit of bother this, this season. Another thing is, you know, it's going to be interesting to pick up all your morning papers tomorrow and see how people are tipping to go down. Because after tipping Hamilton Lackeys to go down for the last seven years, there's so many of them saying, well, I got it right, having got it wrong for the last six years. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so, so, they're, so they're, they're, um, their banker 
they'll get out of jail card, they're just predicting Hamilton Aki's will go down, won't be there. So I imagine it'll, it'll be interesting as well to see a few and who they think um, uh, might be relegated or find themselves at the bottom of the table. Probably, I would say, um, maybe a team or a manager that you're not going to face very often in a press conference. That's the way it usually works. <laughs> right, sure. Before before I, 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 I wrap things up and ask the final question, I need to highlight, I should have mentioned this earlier on, I've had uh, Frankie in my ear, giving me a row. Uh, I, I should highlight our partners at Football Prizes and, uh, and, and the current thing that's going at the moment. So it's a Stephen Gerrard uh, signed Rangers shirt I'm looking at it again just now. Absolutely cracking bit of kit signed by Stephen Gerrard. So to, to give yourself an opportunity of winning this, uh, log on to uh, www.footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, tickets cost £4.95. There's 99 tickets available for the draw. I don't know how many are left. I, I can't give you that at the moment. So £4.95. The, competen- uh, the competition ends next Friday, Friday the 6th. So get yourself on to www. Uh, footballprizes.co.uk to give your chance of winning the Stephen Gerrard signed Rangers shirt uh, with football prizes. So, final question of tonight, Stuart. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, it is a two-horse race up here in Scotland. The other horse is is looking a bit lame at the moment. You know, Celtic really do look a bit of a shambles at the moment. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed them going out the other night and had a good chuckle at that you know it's that's part of the rivalry get it up them but you would suspect that the, they will get players in before the window closes they'll get players in you know the the, the, the man the, the new manager uh, I can't even pronounce his name someone gave me a, a name the day what was it oh god anyway I'll come back to me uh, Ange you know Boy. I uh, what was it Oh, I can't mind. It was it was it was a piss take his name, but I, I can't mind anyway. I've had too many beers, uh, but you would expect it. I mean, he's about an unknown quantity. So if he gets you know three or four players in, you know, you just they are a bit of an unknown quantity if if that happens. So how important is it that Rangers, you know, we look strong at the moment? How important is it that we get off to a really really good start? Because as I say, the window is a, a few weeks away yet. They've still get players in. Doesn't feel like they've had a preseason. It just feels like it's been a symbolic preseason for them. So a good start for Rangers could put us in a, a really, really strong position. Do you not think? Um, I think uh, I think you're right. And also, even even just down to the kickoff times tomorrow, the Rangers could be sitting there with three points already in yeah. the bag, and all of a sudden the pressure is heaped on Celtic at Tynecastle. You know, remember what I said last last. Uh, about last season when uh, earlier on in the show when I said about Rangers going to Pretorji and that been a difficult start one or two of my uh, Celtic pals are basically saying oh, I see it's been fixed again that <laughs> we're going to Tynecastle for the first game um, uh, you know listen it is what it is you, you have to go there at some point in time but it could be difficult I think the, the, the manager um, is struggling to bring in players uh, it only, you know, it only goes to show um, how much, uh, and, I, and I've said it, you know, I've said it in talk sport, like how much Celtic took their eye off the ball um, about eight, you know during the pandemic that they were there was almost a, a coronation of Celtic as champions without having to see out the season, and a great many people obviously within the Celtic management and obviously in the Celtic boardroom, believed that 
that was number nine in the bag. Number 10 would follow and there wasn't much that they had to tweak or much that they had to change. When other people who had watched Celtic, including myself, who saw them against Copenhagen uh, in the Europa League, you know, sitting beside one or two ex-Celtic players, could not believe just how bad that Celtic side were. Now, a lot of the players that played that night have now gone and yeah. nobody has replaced them. Oh. And you, you, you go back. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you may say that. I could possibly comment, but the fact of the matter is, you go back to you go back to the, the 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 game last Wednesday and look at who finished the match as a, as a Celtic back four, and it was it was one that would have left you open mouthed. Now, I, I think before the end of the transfer window, people uh, new players will come in, but. Even even right at this minute in time, the whole sales pitch for Celtic, oh, we are in Europe, we are in the Champions League qualifiers, come and join us. That sales pitch has now changed gone. because yeah. they're not it's gone. It's not it's not there. And and this is not poking fun at Celtic. This is basically telling you as it is and how it was for Rangers over several seasons when Rangers wasn't the attraction that it could have been, simply because the, the, the whole sort of attraction and lure of, of European football wasn't there. So it, it, there's a bigger rebuilding job to be done um, across the other side of Glasgow. It, listen, it's, it's for Rangers to it's for Rangers to take advantage of that and to, to, to make a statement and make their mark early on in the season before Celtic start to strengthen. If Celtic pick up a couple of results, that's what happens. But again, I think the, the opportunity is there with Rangers with a settled squad, have all their players available and could actually put some points on the board while Celtic are still in disarray. Well, here's hoping that's the case, Stuart. Uh, but looking at the clock, I think that's that's that sample for us tonight. So, Big thanks to Stuart for joining us tonight. Big apologies for me for, for turning up late uh, in a drunken stupor. I apologise for that. Uh, we'll have a show on Sunday night, reviewing the game tomorrow, obviously. So join Ross. I think it's Ross that's hosting on Sunday night. Join Ross for that. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Guys, if you're going to the game tomorrow, enjoy it. You know, it's been a long time since we've been back at Irox for a competitive game. If you're not going, your time will come and, and, you know, enjoy the game, watching it on TV with friends and whatever you're doing. Things are getting back to normal. We are the people. And until the next time, bye for now. Thank you, Michael Portillo. <laughs> <laughs>